Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music-filled trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Welcome to Podcast One. We hope you'll support our sponsors who bring you these podcasts absolutely free and with limited interruptions. And of course, we appreciate you listening to this show, which will get started in just a second. Since 1983, Eddie Trunk has been the voice for fans of rock, hard rock, and heavy metal. A best-selling author, host of TV's That Metal Show, and seven national radio shows, including Trunk Nation, daily on Sirius XM. Interesting. Eddie offers the world his news-making interviews, passionate analysis, honest commentary, and who knows what else. So welcome to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. of the Eddie Trunk Podcast, which is new every Thursday at podcastone.com, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcast. Thank you for downloading, streaming, and checking out the show each and every week. It is greatly appreciated. And remember, you can always connect with me on social media, at Eddie Trunk, Twitter, Instagram, fan page on Facebook, eddietrunk.com is the official online home. Twitter, as I always say, where I would be the most active And uh, as I always tell you, the interviews you hear each and every week on the Eddie Trunk Podcast come to you courtesy of my daily radio show, which is on Sirius XM Satellite Radio, and heard live Monday through Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time, replaying every night, 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Trunk Nation happens on Channel 106 Volume. You can also get full shows on demand on the SiriusXM app. Here on the podcast, one time a week, I give you a little taste, a little taste of what I do on a daily basis live on SiriusXM. Certainly hope that if you are not a subscriber, you come on board. The holidays are coming up. Maybe some of you guys will be getting SiriusXM or asked for it for a subscription, whether online or on the radio. And maybe you'll be joining me. Maybe you have been a longtime subscriber and listener. Whatever the case may be, I think there's a lot you would certainly like. And here on this podcast, I give you a tiny taste. But of course, when you listen live, you can interact, and we do this on a daily basis. Also, of course, welcome to all our listeners to the podcast outside of the U.S. and Canada, where I know SiriusXM is not available, so we get a little taste of what I do with my daily radio show there, which has been a blast as it is now into its third year doing nothing but rock talk each and every day, Monday through Friday. So the interview, uh, real quick before we get to that, is I need to uh, thank everybody in Tulsa because they just got back from the latest show that I hosted at the IDL Ballroom, which was with L.A. Guns. 
and had a great time there at the uh, IDL. Great time, as always, in uh, Tulsa. Great time with L.A. Guns. Junkyard on the bill as well. A band called Grind played. A band called ODD from Atlanta. Great quadruple bill. And at the time that I was getting ready to do the interview with L.A. Guns or do the uh, host the show with L.A. Guns, news broke of former L.A. Guns drummer Stephen Riley surfacing after a couple years. L.A. Guns, one of the bands that had the original two versions thing for a long time. And then that seemed to go away when Tracy and Phil reunited, made a great record. They've been out playing together for the last couple of years. And then all of a sudden, here comes Stephen Riley with a competing version of L.A. Guns announced on the M3 Festival. And I don't know who else is going to be in that band. Uh, Stephen is a friend as well. So, you know, it's a weird thing for me, but I, I don't I don't know how this is all going to play out. Needless to say, Phil and Tracy not happy <laughs> that this is happening and uh, a little drama in L.A. Guns world, which is absolutely no surprise to anybody, as that's been the case for like about 30 years. So we'll keep an eye on that story for you, but it was an interesting development just as I was getting ready to uh, host that show in Tulsa last weekend when that news coming down. And we'll, we'll like I said, I'll, I'll let you know what I find out as we go on that particular story. But the interview that I have for you this week on the podcast, as we are now full on into the holiday season, is one that got a lot of reaction, a lot of people were excited about, and I was excited about because in all honesty, it is an artist that I am still very much on the fence about. I am honest and transparent about that. And, you know, there's a huge misconception out there that I need to be a fan of a huge fan of an artist in order to want to do an interview or talk to them. And that could not be further from the truth. It helps. I'd be lying if I said that wasn't a positive because it helps, but that does not, it's not always the case throughout my career. I have interviewed countless artists that I'm indifferent about, or sometimes not a fan at all about. So that's not the case at all. If, I, if that was the criteria, I would never have interviewed the people I have over the last three and a half decades. So this week, you know, this is an artist that I've said many, many, many times to me, there are three emerging stories in rock right now. Bands really on the cusp of cutting through. And those three bands, and, and to some degree, they are all, all already have. Those three bands are Ghost, Greta Van Fleet and the Struts, all three very different, all three doing great business, all three on the verge of really going huge. To some degree, Ghost already is huge because they've done two arenas now in America. Greta Van Fleet selling out everywhere around the world, not arenas, but great size venues. And the Struts doing very well also and doing a lot of sellout business in predominantly large clubs and theaters right now. So my favorite of the three is the Struts, but I am rooting for all three because it's good for rock and that is our kind of music and we want a good seat at the table. We want rock to come back. It's going to happen with these younger bands and I am truly rooting for all three. My personal tastes Though, by far, I think the Struts have the best songs and are the best of the three. But that's just my personal opinion. I have been intrigued with Ghost 
since their arrival. I have followed their story since their arrival on the scene. I have seen them live a couple of times. I find it very, very interesting what they are doing. Um, I have friends who think their music is brilliant. Their records are brilliant. They are a great band. I, in all honesty, have not heard that. I haven't heard, I certainly would never say I dislike them or I think they stink or anything like that. But I, I just, I, to my ears, I hear, you know, a fairly good sounding hard rock band with a lot of pop sensibilities. I mean, some of their music is out and out pop. The latest album, there's a saxophone solo on it. So I kind of like that. I like that they don't do the Cookie Monster Extreme Metal thing because I'm not necessarily a fan of that. And looking at Ghost, you would think that's what they would do. And that is the sort of paradox, if you will, with Ghost that I think is so fascinating. They get a lot of love from the metal community. And a lot of their music is, some of it is out and out pop, almost danceable pop. But I think they get that love because of their image and what they look like. It's also astonishing to me that they have become a huge band at mainstream rock radio. A band that dresses as basically satanic popes (laughs) and sings about the devil. And they get a ton of airplay. So... To me, the whole story of Ghost, the concept of Ghost, the accessibility of Ghost, the embracing of Ghost at metal when you could argue some of their stuff is not close to metal is really, really interesting. And I always wanted to interview them and get to that story. Now, maybe one day they'll make a record that I'm fully blown away by. They certainly have songs that I like. I get it. I don't I I find it weird the metal love for some of their more recent music which is again you make the case pop but it's it, again that's what makes the whole deal with Ghost to me a really interesting thing. Saw the band live twice. I saw them at Rock on the Range a few years ago. Saw them at Rock Oklahoma this past year. It's a big stage production. I do like theatrical stuff. I like the semi-anonymity thing that the, that the leader, Tobias, we now know is his real name, does. And I give him all the credit in the world for executing his vision so perfectly and building this thing into what he has. It truly is incredible. So I was excited when I found out that he was willing to come in and talk to me on my Sirius XM show a couple weeks ago. He was in New York City, so this interview happened face-to-face. I was really surprised when I heard from SiriusXM that they were going to film this interview. This was filmed, and some of the video, I guess, will come out soon online or on the SiriusXM app. And what shocked me about that was we all know that he stays anonymous behind a mask and all the, the, the different characters, currently Cardinal Copia and all that sort of stuff. So I was like, is he going to be in a mask? How is this going to be videoed? And they said, we're not sure, but he said video was okay. So I met, and and one of the things I was adamant about in the interview you're about to hear is I wanted to interview the real guy. I wanted to interview Tobias Forge. I didn't want to interview the, the character of Cardinal Copia or Papa or any of that. I get there's a concept, but I can't do interviews like that. It's ridiculous to me. I've said this many times, like, I'd love to interview Steel Panther, but I want to interview the real guys 
talking about the story of how they developed and built this instead of the characters because it just doesn't work for me which is you know this is obviously a real rock platform for people who are educated about rock i can't do the shtick it just doesn't work for me i was offered the chance to interview harry shearer recently which i was excited about but the condition was he had to come on as um what's the character he is from spinal tap not he's not david st hubbins um Whatever his character is, he was in character. I can't interview the guy as the guy from Spinal Tap. Harry Shearer, sure, talking about developing that character. But I'm, I'm uh, what is it, St. Hobbins? I forget which one he was. David St. Hobbins, whatever it was. So you get my point. I like to interview the real people telling the real story. And to my great surprise and excitement, he was, Tobias Forge was willing to be interviewed as Tobias Forge and tell the story of Ghost. My only regret about this interview is I wish I had more time because I would love to have gotten deeper into some stuff. I mean, it's still a good 40 minutes, but I would have loved to have had more time to, to get into some more layers into the story of, of this band and really what we now know is a one-man operation and the mastermind of which is Tobias Forge. Very nice guy. Uh, enjoyed the conversation. Uh, like I said, rooting for him. Like the band, I fall short of saying love the music, like the music. Hopefully one day I'll hear something I'm blown away and love. But he doesn't have to make me happy. I'm just happy a lot of people connect with it and like it. So with all that set up, we will take a break and come back, and you will get the interview from my SiriusXM show. Again, this aired live with Tobias Forge of Ghost talking about the origins of the band and the uh, where they're at now. The only thing that was off the table, and you guys hopefully know by now, I don't do interviews with preconditions, meaning you can't talk about this or don't talk about that, unless it's a legal thing. And the only thing I was asked not to talk about in this interview was the lawsuit. You probably know some of the guys from Ghost, the band, over the years are suing Tobias Forge because he took full ownership and he said it was always just his band. And as a result, uh, those guys are suing him. And it's still an ongoing legal thing, so he is unable to talk about that legally. Of course, I respected that request because it's a legal thing that he could not get into. But everything else was on the table, and I think you're going to find it an interesting conversation with one of the more compelling figures and certainly most successful emerging figures in the world of hard rock music over the last five to seven years or so. So we'll take that break. We'll come back and get into it with Tobias Forge of Ghost on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. The Eddie Trunk Podcast. Hey folks, it's the holiday season. You know the deal. It's the giving time of year and our exclusive partners here at Podcast One, betonline.ag, are in that giving season with two incredible promotions that you absolutely do not want to miss out on. First, create a free account on betonline.ag and use the promo code PODCAST1 to receive a 50% sign-up bonus. Yes, a 50% sign-up bonus. 
Looking to give a friend or family member a very fun gift this year? Then take advantage of their Refer a Friend program where you can give a 200% bonus to your friend up to $200. Whether you're into all the exciting sports happening from NFL to college football to NBA to college basketball to NHL, or you enjoy the fun of movies and television with betonline.ag, early lines, on the Oscar Awards, or who is the first to perish in Season 8 of Game of Thrones. Bet Online AG, it's the only place to get in on all of this action. Go online or use your mobile phone to sign up today and try in-game live betting where you can participate with all the action with every play. Use the promo code PODCAST1 for a 50% sign-up bonus and get your holiday shopping done early with their refer-a-friend promotion. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. The king of celebrity gossip is now on Podcast One. Kim Kardashian, I think she's nice, but obnoxious and annoying. Check out the Perez Hilton podcast with Chris Booker each week to get your fill on the latest news in show business and beyond. And nothing is off the table. I think he should take her last name when they get married. He's already her She should just be her officially. Check out the Perez Hilton podcast every week on Podcast One or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, everybody, the holidays are just around the corner, so why not take the time this holiday season to catch up on your favorite Corolla Network shows, listen to some fun celebrity interviews on the Adam Corolla Show, get some much-needed advice on the Adam and Drew Show with Dr. Drew Pinsky, and so much more. Catch up on all the things Corolla on Podcast One or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. All right, let's talk to the man behind the mask, literally. Uh, he appeared in uh, appeared to maybe have some sort of wig, potentially. He had, If you saw the photo, and I posted my photo with Tobias from Ghost on my social media, my Twitter and Instagram, he had large glasses on, little pencil mustache, sort of uh, spiky hair. His clothing was similar to like what he would wear on stage without the mask as the Cardinal Copia figure. He... Yeah, appeared to be pretty much as he would probably appear normally, uh, very much out of mask and character in a lot of ways, and uh, very well-dressed and really cool guy. It was great to talk to him. I hope you enjoy the conversation. And uh, again, there is video of this entire conversation that is the property of SiriusXM, and I'll let you know if and when that shows up and where it shows up. But now we go into the radio studio from my daily show on SiriusXM, volume channel 106, Trunk Nation, and here we have Tobias Forge. Good to meet you, sir. Pleased to meet you, too. How are you? Okay. Enjoying New York City, you were saying? Good. It's, uh, the, the, you know, traffic jam. <laughs> But it's fine. It's it's nice being here and seeing Christmas lights and a yeah. lot of people. Until uh, until the snow starts coming and the ice and all that sort of stuff. And then you absolutely do not want to be here right, under right. any circumstances. Right. Let me ask you this. Did I say your name right? Because I I was I read online that the proper pronunciation would be Tobias. Is that the proper pronunciation for your first name? In Swedish, you would say Tobias. Tobias. And is forged the proper pronunciation of the last name? No, I, at home we say Forgem. 
So that's what I was trying to get to. I wanted <laughs> but to get it's the like, actual. It's 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 useless. It's like it's so much easier to say Tobias Ford. So you just go with it. Let people yeah, just go. Yeah, like yeah, it. yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it, it just takes a long time to. Uh, no, I, I see no use in, in in correcting people in that one. I think the most interesting thing, though, is that we're even, and I'm even here sitting here addressing you by your real name because that wouldn't have happened not too long ago, right? I mean, you you th- this is a byproduct of um, some unfortunate things that have happened in the band's history that you are are, are now out as you know the real person behind all of this. Yeah. How has that been for you? That's something you didn't want to have happen at any point, did you? Uh, no, as far as long as I've been doing Ghost, at least I've sort of been very keen on maintaining and an, uh, not necessarily an anonymity, anonymity, but a low profile. And um, but on the other hand, you know, I spent twenty five years in um, not doing Ghost and. Where of twenty of those years, I wanted to be nothing but famous rock musician. So it's not like I started playing rock in order to not become known and recognized. Of course, like anyone who puts a guitar on on the body and rocking out on a stage, you're doing it to to make people look at you. Mm-hmm. So it's well, you t- t- talk about that a little bit if you can. Your, your earlier history, because in Sweden you were in a few other bands, obviously, and I find it. Interesting, because one of the bands you were in was was cor- sort of like a death metal band. Would that would that be accurate? Yeah, m- several of them, but the the one that is most, especially especially posthumously, the most known band is Repugnant. Mm-hmm. I think. And how long of a run did that band have? Uh, started in ninety eight. And we disbanded in two thousand four, so six years. Did it? Did you have good success with that band? Was no, it, no, did, no. Did, did it? Was it basically just regional in Sweden? No, we. You know, I was I was an avid tape trader in the nineties. I started tape trading when I was like twelve, thirteen, something like that. And then you you know you ordered demo cassettes and you played recorded cassettes and sent all over the place. So the idea with Repugnant was to be very old school. Because in the later part of the nineties, people made demo CDs. Right. We made demo cassettes. Wow. Which are coming back again. Yeah, but we we <laughs> it's you know crazy. I was sitting in my kitchen at home, and you know my mom's um, uh, tape deck, and just like made copies of of the demos, and you know sent them away. And, yeah. So we we did have a, like a, I would say a worldwide following. But the, you know, the scene was this big, right? Right. So it, 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 I, I think, in the greater scheme of things, it was really good to have done repugnant. I like from a fame point of view, mm-hmm. because that having repugnant in the baggage was definitely aided me when it came to doing ghosts well this is where i'm going with this now in repugnant were you the singer yes did you play an instrument as well on stage guitar you played okay. guitar yes. now you were also in a band and correct me if i'm wrong on this you were you you were in crash diet yes the first formation of the band 
Now, anybody that knows anything about Crash Diet knows, and again, a band that didn't break here in America, really. Right. But anybody who knows anything about Crash Diet knows that they are probably the complete opposite of a death metal band. Right. You right, know, right. an up-tempo, big hooks, chorus, you know, more th- sort of throwback 80s hard rock band. Yes. And and in that band, you did what when I you were played, in it? I, I played guitar. I played drums for a while. Uh, but but I guess the point was me being a, ch- a guitar player, mm-hmm. and David or Dave, the the singer guitar player at the time, was singing. So it was technically not my my band. I was not right. the the I was I I've, I I helped form the band, but I wasn't. It wasn't necessarily my band. I didn't regard it at my as my band. Right. It was just. But where I'm going with all this, and why I'm bringing this up, is mm-hmm. to me, Ghost is a really interesting mesh of a lot of different things. Yeah. The 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 visual message um the how it's lo- the the mix of music, the melody that's in the music when you wouldn't expect a band that looks or sound like Ghost to sound like the way Ghost does and correct me if I'm wrong but if to me it feels like that you have in your history as a rock fan probably a lot of different influences from a lot of different areas of music that earlier in your life you've you've put all together and come full circle with finding a way to make that all work with ghost is am I on target with that pretty much bang on I'd say uh, because uh, the one thing that after my my time in in repugnant and and the, like relatively short stunting crash diet as well um i spent a few years trying to form or trying to succeed playing uh, what essentially was what i you know what i was trying to achieve was some sort of uh melodic rock band where at that time i was very very much into sort of a New York scene of, you know, you know, Blondie, Patti Smith and television. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted it to be some sort of art rock thing, but we were, we, we looked a bit too metal and it was still a little bit too metal to be sort of embraced by the, but the, by then contemporary rock scene that was, this was in the, the mid two thousands. So where you had all the Kaiser Chiefs, Interpol, and Franz Ferdinand, and all that, and there were strict codes how how you should supposed to look, mm. and how you're supposed to sound, and we were, you know, the idea back then was that you would, you didn't want to become a rock star, you just accidentally became one, and uh, we wanted to become rock stars, so we were sort of disqualified, mm-hmm. um, and. Um, yeah, so the, none of that really went anywhere. Repugnant, uh, you know, as much as I'm very proud of that, and that was very, very a passion project, and I that I still am very proud of, and and that taught me a lot. Obviously, that wasn't very successful. Mm-hmm. We weren't doing very well. So by the time that Ghost appeared in my head, or the embryo of what what became Ghost, it just it was something that felt very interesting from a person from a songwriting po- point of view and from a personal point of view where i grew up on a shit ton of 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 trash culture basically um a lot of horror movies obviously death metal all that sort of horror-esque 
but also hard rock, metal, pop music, song crafting that I've also had explored in the 2000s, writing normal songs, mm-hmm. normal. Um, but Ghost felt like a, like a merging between all those things. And, oh, I get to dress up as well. Something that I've, you know... Right. That was one of the first things that I did when I found Twisted Sister and Motley Crue and Kiss when I was like three, three, four years old. Right. So it just felt like everything in one. So I can make sort of like a little bit of death metal riffing combined with these AOR sort of Kansas satanic panic choruses, <laughs> which it just felt like a really fun way to to express myself musically it's it's fascinating and this is why and and i've um and some some have perceived uh, me saying this as me not liking your band which is not the case at all i've just been honest because in radio and tv especially there's so many people that just aren't honest they're just you know they're gonna suck your ass because you're sitting here and and, and say you're the greatest you know people audience isn't used to hearing somebody say a host honestly say objectively how they feel about something they're in they recoil they can't believe it and what i've said consistently about your band is that i have a hard time figuring it out that's on me that's not on you because i'm a lifelong hard rock fan and when I look at what you've been able to do, I think it's amazing. And I'm rooting for you hard because we need rock bands doing what you're doing. In my, in my view, we have three right now. And I've said this many, many times. And they're very different. But in America, we have three bands right on the cusp of going over the top and becoming big breakout rock acts. You, Greta Van Fleet, and The Struts. I don't know if you're familiar with the other two bands, but all very different mm. and coming from very different places, but right on that cusp of becoming, you know, what we need, which is, you know, pushing everything over the edge. And when I first heard Ghost and looked at Ghost and, you know, your managers are good friends of mine and, and we and we talked about the band, I said, this is fascinating because they're being embraced so much by the metal community. But then if you listen to a song like Dance Macabre, it's essentially a pop song. And then the image is what it is. And then that kind of connotates that this would be some sort of super aggressive metal thing, like a death metal band. But yeah. you have a clean vocal, you know, and I love melody and music. I, I need to hear singing. I was never a death metal guy. I need to hear singing and melody. So there's all these sort of things that that collide within the confines of Ghost, which I'm still processing as a fan and trying to sort of figure out but you figured out a, a, a brilliant way to make it all work. And I don't know how calculated that all was or where it came from, if it was just a happy accident or it was sort of a merging of all these things in your background that you finally could fully realize in one band. Musically writing those songs in the beginning felt very intuitive, very spontaneous and very passion-driven. And then, well, I, I, I must say that I, I am still, every time making a record I am very adamant about trying to tap into that same mindset try to pretend that no one is waiting for this record the same way that Opus Upon was was a record that was written with very little expectation 
very very little expectation even even when i signed to rise above i remember will palmer who signed us to to rise above was saying that i'd be lucky if we sell a thousand copies of this you know and and, and i was like yeah yeah you know it's going to be hard work <laughs> which which is you know it, and, and everything was still even though i had grand i had a grand vision of what i wanted this band to become on a on stage level the I, music part of it was still you're still were you still sorting out so you're talking about you had the presentation was always there but the, the no the music was there already but by the time that we, we uh got signed by rise above uh the major bulk of opus upon was, was already written so that was written without any expectation yeah but then obviously when when we had a you know, a, a record label coming in, there was, of course, some expectation of delivering a product. But still, the the uh, the, the commercial expectation of from their, their side was still very moderate. And I was sort of in the limbo because, on one hand, I never thought that we were going to be embraced by more than a thousand people. Um, and I never thought that we were going to achieve any sort of radio... I didn't even, I didn't even know what active See, rock that, radio was, and that's incredible to me, Tobias, because I'm a lifelong radio guy, and the way you guys have been embraced at radio, it no, that doesn't happen to a lot of people. That's really, I don't know how much that took you by surprise, but that as at, me looking at the band, seeing the band, seeing the evolution of the band, seeing the the, the musical steps that you've taken, wow, that's. It's incredible. I mean, you guys are in a, a real rarefied air there with that. I don't know if that stunned you or not, because I'm sure you didn't design your songs to say that's got to go. That's going to work on American radio, especially not then. Yeah. Then I mean, obviously, as you as you grow and you go further into your career, of course, you you're a little bit more uh, aware about the songs that you're writing going to be added to your repertoire. You know that oh. This song, every song that you record will be regarded. Mm. Um, but I, I try to think more from a live perspective. You write the songs that you don't have. Obviously, you need to write an autonomous record that starts here and 45 minutes later, it ends. And mm-hmm. that's supposed to feel like one film. But then you have to also think that at least now in the sort of in the beginning of your career when when a new album still matters... You have to think about at least five or six of these songs need to work with the crowd. And the more you've played live and the more you know your audience, you know what which songs that works and what kind of songs don't work. And so you tend to sort of adjust them a little because of that. But I don't think that that's a, like a premeditated bad thing. It's just that it's like asking what your partner likes. Oh, you like this? No? You like that? Okay, great. I blew that. <laughs> <laughs> you know so it's like you have a relationship with your crowd and you know if they like that you do a little bit of that and then <laughs> back with more with Tobias Forge of Ghost coming up on the Eddie Trunk Podcast this, this is the Eddie Trunk Podcast Well, every car comes with its share of stories. The ding in your bumper when you nervously picked up a first date. 
the luxury package you got after a big promotion, or the mileage you saved by riding your bike all summer. While you can't put a price tag on your stories, now with True Car, you can at least find out what your car's worth when it's time to sell or trade it in. Just go to True Car, simply enter your license plate number, and watch how your car's details pop up. Then answer a few questions, navigation and moonroof, watch as they bump up your value. High mileage, you already knew it was going to cost you, right? But now you know how much it dings your wallet so you can plan ahead. Once you're finished, you'll get a true cash offer sent in minutes, which you can take to a local certified dealer to cash out or trade in. So when you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car, check out True Car today. True cash offer not available in all areas. This This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Let's get back to more with Tobias Forge of Ghost on this week's Eddie Trunk Podcast. So so musically, where, do, you, do you feel like Ghost is in a place now and your audience is in a place now where you can pretty much do anything you want to do in terms of direction-wise? If you wanted to go and make something really heavy at this point, could you do it? If you wanted to go even in a, a popular direction, do you, do you think everybody is now fully along for the ride, whatever you're willing to throw at them? Or do you have to, still in the back of your mind, say, wait a minute, I still have sort of a lane I want to stay in? Because you seem I, like somebody that, that has a lot of different influence that you'd like to exercise at some point, and, and to some degree already are. I think that there will sooner or later present uh, itself some sort of borders. So far, I think that we've been able to release new records that has broken down the pre-existing borders and and created new ones, expanded ones. Um, but sooner or later, you do, there will come a point where. Where you will you when you start start moving in circles, or you might take a step sideways that might not be liked. Every band, every band that I know has done that. I mean, except for the bands that that were lucky enough to sort of make one record and then just explode. Yeah, yeah, um, and then sometimes go away. <laughs> yeah, and go away, and that that's the that's the sort of the easy way out of it because yeah. then you don't have to screw up. Yeah. But I mean, imagine if all the the, the twenty seven year old heroes, if if they they never perished. Yeah. I mean, what would Jim Hendrix be today? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. You know, like and, and and but I like I like I'm not saying pushing from a from a from a sort of a, I'm not trying to be a, like a shit. Little, little kid way pushing it but i think that as as a as a music writer and as a as an artist you i think it for, for me at least it's my job it's my calling to try to achieve and expand and i i see no reason to as to why i why i should just start repeating myself or or, or start if I if I took too many sur- surveys asking the crowd what they wanted, mm-hmm. 
You just want to keep feeling them up and making them happy. Yeah, you know, sooner or later, you will start to do, you're just scratching the same point, and that, that will feel a little bit bad yeah. as well. You need to do something in order to sort of surprise a little. Well you, well, you make a good point, too. I mean, no matter what band you love, even my favorite bands of all time, there's if I look objectively and honestly through their history and their catalog, yeah, I like that period better than I like that period. I didn't like that record. I didn't like that period. I think that's okay, but I respect that the artist at least was willing to take that step. Yeah. And then there's artists that have made records that people think are like, oh, that's their down period. That's the period that they weren't maybe weren't they weren't commercially successful or it wasn't. But I actually love that period the best in an artist's history. So yeah. you don't know, I guess, as an, you know, I'm not a musician, but as an artist, you really don't know until you take those steps and take that journey, how it's going to feel at the time. And then also sometimes it can be felt and looked back upon very differently than it was felt like at the time as well. You know, and, and I, I just like even looking at you like a song like Square Hammer, which became a huge song for for you guys. I mean that that was kind of like initially came out as a as a single right that wasn't even actually part of an initial record was it or was i wrong on that it's part of an ep an ep that you did initially right yeah yeah with was now was that the same you you did ep with covers on it as well yes and that was what uh, dave Grohl worked on with you as well right no the we we did one ep a few years before that with with Grohl. right and then um um, we did this second EP of covers that had Square Hammer. Yes, and did that take you by? I mean, that song commercially here in America and around the world really became a big song. Mm. When you put a song like that on an EP, do you say to yourself, maybe I should be saving that for the uh, you know as part of an album piece at some point, or did it not uh, feel like it fit? Well, it it it's sort of the the uh, the. Um, the initial idea for that song came towards the end of the recording of Meliora, but that, at that point it was already too late to record it. And it, and uh, basically because Meliora was, as an album cycle, was extending, um, there was these, uh, there, there were a demand that we, we'd record something new. Mm. And I felt that, well... Square Hammer is going to be perfect because we need a opening track. We didn't have a good opening song. I felt that up until at that point, uh, we had spent basically five, six years opening every show with this weird sort of proggy, triplety sort of galloping number, either with Conclave Con Dio or Spirit or Paraspera. All of them had that ticket, the ticket, the ticket, the ticket, the ticket, the ticket, which was a, like a, it's a little bit of a trademark thing. But I just wanted like a straight rock banger that would work with bigger crowds. Mm-hmm. So um, I was all for when we recorded. It was just like, yeah, if you want to push the single button, go, yeah, <laughs> go rock, yeah, yeah. So. Tobias Forge is my guest of Ghost, and Ghost are currently on tour, by the way. Go to ghost-official.com to find out the dates. The next one being tomorrow night in Richmond, Virginia. The U.S. leg ending here in New York City December 15th at an arena show at the Barclays Center. 
Uh, Ghost just played their first U.S. arena show at the Forum in L.A. I want to get some thoughts from you about that, talk about the tour, talk about the stage show and where that's going, because I saw you guys last play at Rocklahoma earlier this year, and it just seems like it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and I want to see what your your vision is for the theatrical side of what you're doing, and a few other things with the time that we have left with Tobias of Ghost on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Hey, if you or a loved one get leg or foot cramps, you know how painful and disruptive they can be. Muscle cramps, they can jolt you out of a sound sleep or interrupt your daily life. Well, listen carefully because recently I've told you about and learned about TheraWorks Relief. That is a non-greasy foam that's proven to relieve muscle cramps fast and reduce muscle soreness. Plus, with daily use, TheraWorks Relief can even prevent muscle cramps before they start, so you can get a full night's sleep and do the activities you love without worry. TheraWorks Relief, it only takes minutes to apply. It absorbs quickly, and it truly works. People love the results. You've probably seen Dr. Drew Pinsky on TV talking about TheraWorks Relief. Many of my colleagues on radio, they are also talking about TheraWorks Relief. And now, the holiday season, it's around the corner. So if you know someone who suffers with muscle cramps or muscle soreness, can't think of a better gift than TheraWorks Relief. It is the choice for preventing and relieving muscle cramps. Make it yours. Get TheraWorks Relief today in the pain relief aisle at Walmart, CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens, or by talking to your pharmacist. Learn more at TheraWorksRelief.com. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. It's the holiday season, the giving time of year, and our exclusive partners here at Podcast One, BetOnline.ag, are in that giving season with two incredible promotions that you absolutely do not want to miss out on. First, create a free account on BetOnline.ag and use the promo code PODCAST1 to receive a 50% sign-up bonus. Yes, a 50% sign-up bonus. Looking to give a friend or family member a very fun gift this year? Well, take advantage of their Refer-A-Friend program, where you can give a 200% bonus to your friend up to $200. That's amazing. Whether you're into all the exciting sports happening from NFL to college football to NBA to college basketball to NHL, or you enjoy the fun of movies and television with betonline.ag, early lines of the Oscar Awards, or who is the first to perish in Season 8 of Game of Thrones. Betonline.ag is the only place to get in on all this action. Go online or use your mobile phone to sign up today and try in-game live betting where you can participate with all the action with every play. Use the promo code PODCAST1 for 50% sign-up bonus and get your holiday shopping done early with their refer-a-friend promotion. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Let's get back to more with Tobias Forge of Ghost on this week's Eddie Trunk Podcast. You talked about the anonymity aspect of this. Are you gradually letting that go away a little bit, or... 
you know, t- tell me your thoughts about that going forward, because you are getting out there speaking in your own voice, telling the story of the band, which I appreciate. I love those sort of interviews the best where you can really get the story behind how all this happened. But letting the guard down, letting the visual down a little bit, is that something you're comfortable with as the band moves forward or or it's just a necessity? Well, honestly, it's a necessity. I mean, I even though I like speaking freely and and uh i am i am not i don't really have a desire anymore to profile myself as a as as the individual wanting to be recognized um but that i'm doing that because i have the luxury of having been uh in the limelight disguised so i know a little the, the the pros and cons of being able to step in and out of your uh, known guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, if, if you'd ask me if I when I was six, sixteen, and twenty six, I wanted nothing more than to be a big recognized rock star. Especially when I was six and sixteen, because I thought that if I was a known guitar player in a known band. Only cute girls will talk to me. <laughs> and now I know better. So, uh, no, and, and I, I, I enjoy the idea of being able to sort of uh, flip, flip-flop between being recognized and not being recognized. So how often are you recognized now? I mean, are you, are you recognized fairly regularly now because you are doing things like this? Or... Is it still somewhere, you know, everybody's not quite sure when they see you in person? Um, I, I I don't know, really, because when I'm at home, or home in Stockholm, um, I, I do not spend a lot of time, like, out and about. I'm not out in the bar scene or anything, so I don't, I don't really move around in the circles where I... I'd, I'd guess that the, the, the frequency of me being recognized would be higher. Mm-hmm. So walking around in the city, obviously you have a lot of people walking the street oh, yeah, who are interested in so much other things. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I mean, if, if I go to a record store, or I go to a record fair, or I go to a concert, the odds are higher that I will be recognized. Sure. And how are you about photos then out of out of costume and no i tried my best to avoid it to to maintain the anonymity yeah i don't want to overexpose my obviously i I know that even if i made an effort i will not be able to uh, overshadow the amount of exposure that we've already had with ghost right ghost cardinal papa one two three all and everything that is ghost will always be more interesting than i am in terms of visuals um so i i but i don't want to even start uh, getting my face out there with every opportunity that I can get because I I, I I just I'm not just fond of the idea and the only thing that I'm trying to sort of take with a little you know from from time to time is it's is a little bit who's asking mm-hmm. but if it's a reasonable grown-up person asking I usually say no if to photos yes yeah and and where do you see the the uh, 
stage show. It's the, the the show has grown and grown, and now I'm sure because of the success of the band, you have more resources you can put into it. Yeah. I, I I read a quote from you that I really appreciated, by the way, because one of my big peeves in rock right now is the unbelievable amount of artists using a tremendous amount of backing tracks live, pre-recorded, not mm. actually playing live. And I read something from you in an interview once, and you said something to the effect of, as the band grows and I can get, uh, I've gotten m- the musicians I want in this, I've actually been able to actually present this on stage way more live than I had been able to do in the past. Yes. And I appreciated that hearing somebody say that. Talk a little bit about the evolution of Ghost on the live stage. You just played your first arena in the U.S. at the Forum. You've got another one coming up in America. I mean, that's a huge, huge step. You can bring in this production. You can have the musicians you want sounding the way you want. I mean, I guess that's ultimately the dream where you want to go with all this is what you're experiencing right now, right? Yeah, that was a big step for me because the instrumentation, even from the first record, but especially from the second record onwards, has always been, in order to achieve those sounds, you need more than six people. You need a few more arms. You need a few more singers. And I was always very annoyed that because of room, because of monetary reasons, we couldn't expand. We 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 were sort of left with these positions and th- those were filled and unfortunately I was the only one singing and it also you know it became a little bit of an image thing like um is papa the only one that's supposed to sing yeah i see the op- good thing about that and the the sort of the the vocal bits coming out of nowhere would sort of come from beyond uh, but it was also gravely like it's annoying credibility wise in in me i know that it's fake and then secondly it's 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 a it's a it's a mechanical you you depend on these back backtracks which is also something that i i don't really like but still i wanted ghost to sound a certain way as i said i mean I wanted us to sound like a devil worshiping Kansas, and <laughs> and then that means that there's a lot of harmony singing. Yeah. I want those harmonies to be there. But my, now you have people le- you can bring in. When I saw the band last time at Rocklahoma, you had a lot of people on stage up there. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people playing and, and and doing stuff. So now you you can afford to have musicians. I would think that most of it you can recreate live the way you want it. Yes. Yeah, we're we're way more flexible nowadays. And so. sta- and stage pr- now, now let me ask you this. This this theatrical aspect of what you're doing, we're we're sitting here in New York City a stone's throw from from Broadway. Mm. Is it would it would would I be crazy to think that that could be something like a, a this as this grows like a residency? Could you envision something like a ghost on Broadway sort of deal? Absolutely. I don't know exactly what it would be. I, I think, I think that from because I I'm, I wouldn't want to entertain the idea of of um, as with many other rock bands, you you have like a, a musical that sort of embraces the band's story and the band's music from a sort of biographical point of view. And I, I, I one we're not there yet. 
yet and that's not what I'm really looking to do I would I would probably approach it a little bit more like uh, like Pink Floyd used to do they they sort of wrote soundtracks for others Goblin writing soundtracks for something and I'd say that what I would love to do with Ghost is to um, write the soundtrack to a musical and it doesn't necessarily have to be like a a musical that stems from our world it could be a, an already known story mm-hmm. or you know but we just do the music for it and we lend maybe some characters to it or, or something so it just feels like a sort of a merger do you ever feel or see a time where you could feel the the visual of what you do the, the theatrical aspects of it get in the way to what you want to do or do you think it would only become an enhancement do you ever see where it might i, I don't know if it, the, the term would be grow old or people would be over it or it'd be it reach a limitation to where it could it could go both the the visual aspect and also the fact that and i know you're getting some blowback about this lately the message the the satanic if you will elements to your lyrics and presentation mm-hmm. i know in certain parts of this country there's some blowback headed your way because of that speak a little bit about that if you will do you feel that that could potentially be an obstacle or a limitation for you at some point or you're just going to keep you know knocking down the wall and moving forward i think uh, the nature of of um of our our show or our shtick will of course have as supposed to Coldplay we will always have that handicap that some people will shun away but I don't necessarily see that as as as, a, as an as, as an obstacle to overcome I think that there are, there are enough people out there to we haven't reached all the all people that are would be potentially interested in what we're doing yet mm-hmm. So I don't I don't see that as I can live with the idea of not everybody liking it. This is not for everyone, and um, I of going forward on on the uh, I'm assuming that you're talking about the protesters and 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 people sort of vocally. Yeah, there, there's some stuff in the news lately, which is not which is not all that. Uh, unique. I mean, no. going back to the days of Kiss, you, you saw that going on. Oh yeah. The yeah. difference being, you, 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 and and lyrically and everything. I mean, it is. You know, you are you are dressing as a satanic pope. I mean, it really is right out there, as opposed to kind of tongue in cheek or what have you. So you can understand why that. And I guess that can be a positive that it's pushing some buttons with people because it gets people talking about the band. But, you know, your thoughts on all that going on right now and where you want to take that. Do you want to push that envelope further? Do you want to keep going down that? Or do you see a, a time where you might develop a, a character or something that backs off of that in some way? No, I, I think that within within Ghost, there there are certain parameters that I do as, as, a, as a professional musician who is known and making my livelihood and this is what I do. This is my life's work. So... I have to accept that there are certain parameters that I need to sort of move within. I have to think somewhat inside that box. But I don't think it's determined yet how big that box is. Mm. Um, and I think it can be somewhat elastic. And I I do believe that uh, even though some of the uh, 
the artists that in the past that ha- there were in similar um, uh, troubles with the the uh, the moral uh, right. Um, I think it, it's all how how you present yourself and how you handle that. Well, that was a lot of fun, and I really enjoyed the conversation. Hope to do it again. Hope to uh, get more in-depth and be able to have more conversation with that guy. Again, his name is his real name is Tobias Forge. He is the mastermind and leader of the band Ghost, having tremendous success with their current album Prequel and an upcoming arena show in Brooklyn. That band has graduated to two arena shows now in America as they continue to grow and really, really take off. Appreciate him coming in. Appreciate him willing to have a conversation um, about his entire career, and hopefully we will have the opportunity to do it again. Thanks to Katie Irizarry. She is the producer of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. I'll see you guys next week for another all-new episode. Remember, follow me on social media, at Eddie Trunk, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. EddieTrunk.com is the official online home. Listen to me every day on volume, Sirius XM 106, live 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time, replaying 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern, and also full shows anytime you want on the SiriusXM app. Also, of course, listen to my daily syndicated show, and that is, or I should say weekly syndicated show, Eddie Trunk Rocks on 30-plus radio stations across the country in some great cities. And don't forget, I do a bonus show on Mondays on Sirius XM 39 Hair Nation, most Mondays live, 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern time. You guys have yourselves a great week, and I'll catch you next Thursday for another all-new episode. It's me, Shaq, the general of Podcast One Sportsnet. Your style for the best sports podcast. We've got it all in one place, from Steve Austin to Jim Harbaugh, Dan Patrick, the official Lakers podcast, and more. Podcast One Sportsnet is where it's all going down. So whatever sport you're watching or interviews you want to hear, or if you just want to laugh here, you know what off with my show. It's all happening here. Download the Podcast One app and click on Podcast One Sportsnet in the bottom right corner. I'm the general, and I'm ordering you to give it a try. You'll thank me later. And don't forget to listen to the big podcast with Shaq every Monday. Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. 
with nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music field trip to America's jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com.